Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. Make sure you stay up to date with all our latest episodes by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you go for your podcasting needs. My name is Max Curtin, Head of Content here at EM360 and your host on this podcast. Now on today's episode, I'm excited to be joined by Sarob Kazarunian, who is the AI Research Lead at Vectra. Sarob is going to be lending his expertise on how AI is transforming cybersecurity in the enterprise. So Sarob, welcome to the show and uh, thanks for coming on today. Thanks. It's great to be uh, be joining you. Yeah, it's great to have you on today, and I'm looking forward to delving into this subject matter. But before we get to the questions, would you mind just giving our listeners a bit of background on yourself and maybe Vectra? Yeah, absolutely. So a little background on myself. So I sort of got interested in uh, neural networks and artificial intelligence at a, y- a younger age, I would say, largely motivated by trying to create systems that could understand and learn language. I did a PhD basically uh, trying to model how the brain learns and represents speech sounds and followed that up with a postdoc, a lab basically working on recurrent neural network techniques, long short-term memory, uh, reinforcement learning, and a number of other sort of branches uh, in in the space of AI. One thing that I had always been interested in was uh, cybersecurity. In fact, (laughs) when I was in high school, I thought I would one day become, you know, some fantastic hacker. Unfortunately, I was no good at it, but uh, I joined Vectra because essentially it allowed me to take my background in artificial intelligence and apply it to a domain that I was always interested in. And so uh, what Vectra does is we we create tools that essentially do network detection and response as well as uh, cloud security so that we can detect and uncover hackers and attackers in your network, in your in your cloud uh, before they've actually been able to do anything terribly malicious. Excellent stuff. A lot of good background there in terms of what we're going to be discussing today and kind of delving into, which which is really fantastic. And I always like to start these podcasts by you know giving a lay of the land before we delve into anything further. So I think it's fair to kind of kick off here by you know if we talk about AI has been getting a lot of mainstream attention kind of across the board, but can you give us an insight into the current state of AI in the enterprise, you know, particularly in terms of the increasing role that it is playing in this cybersecurity sector. Yeah, so it's it's certainly an interesting time to be in the field, precisely because AI techniques are starting to really come into their own, both in enterprise in general and also in particular in cybersecurity. And part of that is because essentially you have tools and frameworks that have become quite, you know, built out and open sourced and available to large numbers of people, there's computational power that sort of never really was available at scale for folks. And so all of those things are really making it possible to implement and deploy artificial intelligence in a way that, you know, never was possible before. And the thing is, sort of alongside that, we also have an explosion in the amount of traffic, tools, machines that are all interconnected and effectively just targets for hackers and attackers. And so those are the things that have made um, all of those AI systems necessary for for proper cybersecurity and defense of a company's assets, um, their their machines, and so on, their data. 
And so uh, at the moment, uh, I think you, you can think of it as historically, uh, one of the prevalent techniques for doing artificial intelligence or trying to do cybersecurity with uh, some automation was to use signatures. And the problem with using signatures, obviously, is that you have to have very skilled sort of security researchers. They have to find you know, an attack and be able to write some sort of signature that'll match whether, let's say, they're looking for malware, right? You have to have a security researcher who can write a signature that'll pick out that and only that malware, piece of malware. And um, it's, it's really largely a reactive process as opposed to being proactive. So you only find things that have already been discovered and you might be able to, you know, detect it next time you see the same piece of malware, but it's not going to, it's not going to generalize to future attacks and new, new variants that might come about. Where, where AI has really sort of come in now is that we're able to create systems that by learning to abstract and extract invariant behaviors from various types of attacks, we can create things that look through massive amounts of network traffic, through massive amounts of cloud logs and data. On the endpoint side, this is being applied for, you know, again, determining whether or not some, some executable is uh, malware, virus, and so on. And all of this is being done in a way that's proactive, that doesn't necessarily rely on having seen any of those pieces before, right? So I can, I can uncover attacks that I've never seen or experienced. And essentially, it's sort of, it's sort of the, the necessary thing to be able to, to keep up with the scale of, you know, the network traffic and log data that's being stored at the moment. It's interesting to kind of see or hear, sorry, that development in terms of how it gets to that point, because that malware and, and a lot of those issues that we're seeing, they, they take up a lot of time for, for teams to kind of combat and, and come in. Do you think that's the, the most useful benefit, the, the time and resource saving? I think it's certainly a benefit. I think it'd be essentially impossible without using AI and machine learning in order to be able to to scale this up to, you know, enterprise levels, right? So there's simply no way that a team of security researchers, your experts, would be able to sit down, sift through all of the network traffic, and try and try and look for things that are unusual, things that might you know set off flags, right? Uh, that that's a process that essentially, uh, by virtue of Looking for a needle in a haystack requires some level of automation. The nice thing about where the, the state of AI is at the moment is that a lot of the tools and uh, techniques that, you know, historically may not have been the greatest, may have been an interesting proof of concept. You know, neural networks have been around since the 40s, essentially, 1940s. And, uh, and then, you know, they never really came into their own until the last, last few years, really. So there's a, a lot of techniques that have basically really made a lot of these uh, detection capabilities real. And so, yeah, I think, I think the ability for teams to keep up with the scale of things that they're supposed to protect essentially necessitates some form of automation. Yeah, yeah, definitely, for sure. So um, walk me through some, some of the ways then, you know, the main ways in which AI is really helping to transform and better cybersecurity for businesses. Yeah, so I, I do think the proactive as opposed to reactive uh, sort of notion of what AI is doing. Um, AI systems are now capable of uh, determining whether or not, let's say, some network traffic is malicious, whether or not that network traffic is encrypted, right? Uh, we can determine whether or not some uh, executable is a piece of malware 
even if we've never seen that executable or that malware before. Similarly, in the cloud, we're able to uncover, uh, you know, when unusual activities happen that that's suspicious and indicates that there's some malicious activity going on, even if it's a, no a totally novel attack, right? And um, being able to essentially train these systems to detect those kinds of uh, variations and changes is what allows enterprises to to keep up with attackers. Yeah, it, it's it's that keeping up and being able to be on top of of the game which is which is so important what kind of areas are we seeing organizations kind of fall behind in that area though where where are they struggling uh i think one one thing that uh, enterprises need to be obviously cognizant of is um systems that uh, are too noisy right so uh one thing you want to do is as an enterprise looking for a cybersecurity solution it's one thing to have you know, uh, a solution that flags, you know, the right things, but it's totally another if that, that solution is essentially flagging everything, right? So it may, it may detect your malicious behaviors on your network, but if it's too noisy, if it doesn't actually save you, you know, the time of having to sift through everything, uh, essentially it may itself become a distractor, right? So, um, one of the one of the difficult things is finding solutions that essentially bring out the signal and you know reduce the noise that that you'd have to sift through otherwise. Yeah, I think that's very important. It's it's understanding that business model of why it's needed and and what purposes are going to serve at the end of the day that really can bring bring benefits to your organization. Um, another element I wanted to to focus on is the graph neural networks and OpenAI's GPT three model. Talk about one of the you know most recent kind of AI innovations, but why are these technologies so revolutionary, and, and what impact would they have on AI's relationship with enterprise security? Yeah, so I, I think at a first level, one of the interesting things here is that it shows just how capable AI systems have become. So if you imagine, for example, natural language understanding techniques from five, ten years ago, they were they were sort of they left a lot to be desired. Let's say. A model like GPT-3, which essentially is capable of generating language in a way that looks convincingly human, elevates that, the technique of modeling human language to a point where uh, it's, it can be applied in an enterprise scenario. So a lot of companies are starting to use those technologies to automate and build out systems for various purposes, everything from speech, speech recognition and the ability to respond to customers, let's say, right, to being able to sift through massive amounts of data that you wouldn't be able to search without, you know, deeper knowledge, let's say. So the, the very fact that they're becoming usable on an enterprise level is itself quite interesting. Other thing with GPT-3 is that it actually opens up a lot of interesting space in the cybersecurity domain for attackers, right? So you can imagine when attackers are capable of using some of these tools like GPT-3, deepfakes, they're able to automate some of the elements of what would otherwise be a spear phishing attack. Or, you know, there have been, for example, stories, I think there were reports from a company in Europe where an employee at a company had been fooled by an automated generation of the CEO's voice asking for access to a bank account, right? So all of these tools are essentially making it possible for attackers to do things at a larger scale at, uh, you know, 
at a speed that was never necessarily doable before. And so there's an interesting element there with GPT-3. Now, on the graph neural network side, I think one of the interesting things here is that what you have is essentially a technique that's been developed in order to more naturally be able to process various types of data. If you imagine protein folding, for example, or or drug prediction, uh, there's no necessarily easy way to feed in the structure of a molecule into a deep learning algorithm. Now, what graph neural networks do is uh, make it very natural for uh, an algorithm to be able to incorporate graph structured data. Now, when we think of your corporate network, it's obviously naturally uh, representable as a set of nodes or machines or you know, phones communicating with each other where the edges are the network traffic, essentially. And so if you wanted to do you know, deep learning over your graph structure, over your corporate network, prior to the development of graph neural networks, um, it would have actually been not necessarily quite hard, but it would have been a little bit hokey, right? And so there's a lot of natural ways to be able to apply graph neural networks to the kinds of data that in cybersecurity people are going to start caring about. Now, you can also imagine, for example, uh, you know, graph neural networks operating on knowledge graphs, on, uh, you know, if you're doing fraud detection at a credit card company, you may want to be able to draw links between, you know, credit card holders, the, you know, stores that they might be purchasing things at and so on. So there's a, there's a lot of interesting developments of these techniques that have basically, they're sort of iterative improvements on existing algorithms and methods, but they're really starting to come into into their own. Mm-hmm. It, it's fascinating to kind of see how these kind of growths are happening. And, and as you've been saying throughout, you know, bad hackers are getting more resourceful and they're coming up with new methods to do stuff. And this is why we're introducing these methods to kind of uh, stop them at the gates. But it's so... There's a difficult element to discuss here when we're talking about actually implementing AI into current cybersecurity operations. There's the risk of it being disruptive or not functioning correctly. What do organizations really need to be cautious of to to effectively implement AI into their cybersecurity operations? Yeah, so that's actually a great question. And I'll come back to the point about um, when AI fails, because that's an interesting question in and of itself. Um, but I think there's obviously a difficulty here because, uh, you know, it's quite obvious that we're in a sort of AI hype cycle, right? And there's, everyone's talking about artificial intelligence. It's going to solve this. It's going to do that. And so it's, it's difficult to sort of sift through what's legitimate, what's not, what works, what doesn't, who's actually just trying to sell you snake oil and who's actually selling you a solution that works, right? And so, I think here, in particular, when it comes to cybersecurity, there's no single algorithm that's going to work across the space of all uh, different attack types, all different types of you know input information that you might want to consider. For example, you know you're you're not going to necessarily want to be able to use the same algorithm on your log data as on your you know if you're doing endpoint protection, uh, the function calls being made by an executable may not be representable in the same way as the log data. Right? So there's not going to necessarily be any single algorithm that works across all of these scales. And so uh, one thing to avoid is uh, solutions that say this will solve all your problems, right? Um, you know, essentially, I think the thing that enterprise 
needs to be aware of and the way they should approach the problem is to simply evaluate. If you have a variety of solutions uh, presenting themselves or you know, available to you, the questions you should ask are, does this solution save us time? Does it work? Does it find the things that it needs to find and uncover? And to the extent that it does, how well does it do those things relative to other potential solutions? Right. And so, you know, as, as somebody whose background is deep learning, I love neural networks, but it's not going to be, you know, the end all be all of algorithms that you need to use as, as a enterprise that wants to protect its uh, assets. Right. So uh, there's going to be a mixture of techniques, mixture of elements that have to go into it. Yeah, it, it always comes down, whenever we have this cybersecurity conversation, it comes down to, you know, what's best for your organization? What's going to actually protect you at the end of the day? It's, as you say, there's, there's no point just picking an AI model because it's got all the bells and whistles. It needs to be beneficial for the company at the end of the day. And I, I think these kind of conversations allow organizations to realize that, which is which is definitely a way to go forward. And Speaking of going forward, I, I wanted to kind of get to my last point here. AI is in this boom of popularity. It is being attached to a lot of stuff, and, and there are a lot of good options out there. But where do you personally kind of see AI heading next? And is there any way that an organization can best keep up with and really adapt to these new changes? I think essentially what we're going to start to see over the next couple of years is techniques that are developed that will operate on smaller amounts of data that don't require these massive data sets to train from, which have been, you know, super useful in making some of these techniques in other fields work, right? So computer vision, natural language processing, those rely on these very, very large data sets. And in security, it's simply not the case that you're going to have tons and tons of labeled examples, right? So the techniques that will be sort of, I think, groundbreaking and pushed over the next couple of years will be the ones that focus on learning from smaller amounts of data, learning from data that's not necessarily labeled. Um, so there, there's a branch of unsupervised learning and now what's referred to as self-supervised learning that, that will become increasingly important. In addition to that, the ability to reason over data is going to become increasingly important, right? So, you know, if you think about computer vision techniques, you're ingesting a large number of pixels, you're extracting and labeling things, but you're not necessarily easily able to ask your AI system like questions about what's happening in the images and arbitrary things that you want, you want to know about what, what's going on there. And I think in the cybersecurity domain as well, we'll uh, essentially want to be able to ask, why, why has this thing been flagged as malicious? Why does this network traffic? not look like the rest what sort of narrative can you can you draw me about you know how an attacker entered my network and got to you know hopped over a number of computers and got to my you know critical data right so being able to reason and construct those kinds of narratives is going to be in increasingly important i think yeah i couldn't agree more i think there's a lot of things to kind of look for and, and especially that data set idea is going to be very imperative kind of understanding where attacks are coming from and, and where it's going to grow to in the future. So, so Rob, all I can say is thanks for coming on today's podcast. It really has been great chatting with you and, and learning about all of this. Yeah, thanks for having me. And, uh, it was uh, definitely a pleasure.
Thank you very much. And thank you, everyone, who took the time to listen to this episode. We hope you took a lot away from the discussion. If you are looking for more information, you can head over to Vectra.ai. They've got some fantastic resources on the site there. You can also join the conversation at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. We'll be back next week with another episode in our EM360 podcast. Until then, please enjoy the rest of our great content at EM360Tech.com.